For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. Hey, welcome on today's show. We are talking all about the type of content YouTube thinks will be biggest in 2023, a really cool way to get more people to consume your videos on YouTube, analytics updates, and lots more. My name is Jerry Potter. Yes, it rhymes with the boy wizard, host of the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, a Social Media Examiner production where we break down the latest social media news and what it means for marketers like you. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. Today, I'm joined by Diana Gladney, a YouTube expert and consultant. Her YouTube channel is designed to help entrepreneurs simplify the video creation process, and she's host of the Video Simplified podcast. Welcome to the show, Diana. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It is a pleasure to be back. So all the social networks release these trends reports and, you know, you kind of have to, you know, go through them and figure out what's actually helpful and what's not. But YouTube did release theirs about some of the biggest content and what will perform the best in 2023. So what were some of the things that you saw in the report that we can use as marketers? Yeah, definitely. I loved it. They even talked about this on their podcast. And with the trends that are happening on YouTube, you have to understand, again, the social behavior of the audiences that are there and then the, how they're consuming information and prefer to receive it. So they made a mention of a couple key points, just three real main ones, which is minimalist living, AI generated content, which is very exciting, which everybody would have seen in like hotel and travel style content. Just as more people are able to travel again, it's like, OK, now what's still open? A lot of companies close, a lot of businesses have changed how they even do business or maybe they relocated. So it is important to get updates on that. So now that everybody's opening back up, this information is becoming highly desired again. And so people are just consuming information differently. How this fits for marketers is where can you fit into some of these gaps? AI is definitely a big one. I'm super excited about that one. But travel and just minimalistic, just people kind of like wanting to relax a little bit. Yeah. I mean, AI was no surprise to see on the list. And, you know, spoiler alert, Diana's going to be giving a talk about AI with video at Social Media Marketing World this year. But the other one, the minimalist living one was interesting. And at first I looked at that and I thought, okay, is this because, you know, people are looking at, okay, the economy's down some. And so it's these videos about how to live on less. They cited a really popular channel about how to live on a penny a day, mm -hmm. I think it was. But the other part I really liked about it from a marketer and a creation standpoint is they are seeing this trend with videos with lower production value. And I think that started with the stories format when, you know, YouTube had stories, but of course, Instagram and Snapchat before that, mm -hmm. and now with reels, and it's just, you know, we're getting used to seeing less polished content. And so I think that's a great sort of invitation to marketers and businesses that haven't done much with video on YouTube to 
stop overthinking it, you know, make sure you can see the person and hear the person and then, you know, don't worry about the rest. So yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Are you kind of seeing that as well, where it seems like it's more acceptable to lower the, I mean, cause I know your videos look amazing, but are you kind of seeing a little bit of that for other? Yep. I mean, even with like the AI stuff and everything is basically humans desire to connect with other humans past a point, super polished professional ones, even if you're doing like Instagram ads, which translate to Facebook ads and such, and you could probably share that again, YouTube shorts and the like, okay, well, we want to connect with a person. We don't want a presentation. We want a person that understands their pain points, problems, and has solutions. Marketers have all of those things. But like, if you have an office and you say, we've not brought anybody back. I'm the only person in the office. Let me show you around. We actually had somebody come in and dust like they want to see you, they want to experience the brand and fall in love with the brand more. That doesn't require a higher production quality. Now, they talked about the Ryan Trahan uh, video, which is like, can I get to Mr. Beast, which traveled across the country with starting from a penny, putting some parameters there. But essentially, he just did it all with his iPhone, uploaded it to the iCloud so his editor could get it. And that was it. That content model has been really just relaxing to a lot of people because you don't have to have all this professional gear and stuff. That's fine to a point, but there is a time and a place for you to just be you, present the information, share what you have and move on because people at the rate that consumption is, people just want it and to move on. They're not judging you. You're judging you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the headset that comes with our smartphones is usually good enough, you know, as far as a microphone goes. And then, yeah, use your webcam or your phone and you're good in good shape. Well, I'm excited to hear what you have to say about AI and video this year at Social Media Marketing World. If you are ready to take your social media strategy to the next level, you will want to be there as well to learn from top industry experts like Diana, gain valuable insights and knowledge through three whole days of workshops and sessions with your all-access ticket. You can secure your spot right now at socialmediamarketing.world, socialmediamarketing.world. So lots of YouTube updates that we're talking about this week and how they affect marketers. And the next one has to do with how fast the videos are getting processed when they're uploaded and making sure that your audience sees the best possible version of your video. So what did YouTube announce with this, Diana? Yeah, they're definitely giving us more access to where our video is once we hit upload. You drag and drop it over and you begin the process. But how long is it before the videos just look normal and people aren't looking like it has Vaseline all over the screen. And so <laughs> they're giving you the different phases that they're processing the video. Say, okay, it's still uploading. We don't have it. Don't close the internet window. SD, that's standard definition. So that you'll see like 240, 340, 360p, whatever that is, really low resolution stuff. You don't want to publish at that point, but it's just to say like we're getting there. HD, which is your 720p, 1080p. Then it moves into like 4K if you have it or beyond. But just to say like, if you wanted your audience to see the 4K video of the behind the scenes of the office or like it could be the promo reel for social media marketing world, we probably want to wait until we at least get to 1080p before we do that. So they're giving us the timestamps like it's going to be 26 minutes before then. So if you planned your video, you might want to wait. And that helps with, again, just being more efficient with knowing like if it takes two days for us to get the highest resolution that we're uploading the video to, we may want to adjust our upload schedule so we can start that process sooner. And it's really going to help with just being more efficient with your content production. So on my YouTube channel, I'm pretty good about scheduling stuff ahead of time. And so this doesn't affect, like if you're scheduling an hour or a week ahead of time, obviously it's already at full quality by the time it goes live. But this is if you were going to upload and want it to go live right away, you can wait until it gets to a certain level before maybe you shared it on Twitter or sent it to your email list or something like that. Is that right? 
Yeah, definitely. And honestly, in the meantime, you can leverage the other assets like YouTube stories. You also have uh, where you can do your community tab, like in 20 minutes, this video is going live because you have that estimated time and you know when you can actually have the good quality mm. version of your video. Yeah, clever. Okay. Another feature that YouTube is rolling out now has to do with abusive commenters. And I know for a lot of times for marketers, this is the most emotionally painful part. Even if it's not your brand, it's like, oh, more of these people. So what is this tool that they're giving us now to kind of help out with that? Yeah, so this is a 24-hour ban that they're doing where essentially if they're considered abusive, which it could be for language or it could be promoting other things, and the spammers and scammers have gotten pretty smart about trying to sound very human, like, man, uh, Susie Q really helped me with XYZ brand if you go to this specific scamming link, you know, make it look like, <laughs> or man, this video was great, but Susie Q did a better job for scam link. Right. Okay. Well, they're trying to figure out who these people are in these bots and essentially putting on a 24 hour pause so that they cannot continue to abuse everything that you upload or other people in your niche or, or what have you. And I think that coupled with a really good filter for those common words that they may use is a great way to stay on top of this. In addition to what YouTube has given us. It's interesting that it's a 24-hour ban, and I get that, obviously, it's a bot, so it will flag things that should not be flagged, and so that's probably why they went with that limit, but I got to think, if a scammer is ambitious, then it's like, okay, cool, I'll go tomorrow, and I'll do it until they, you know, <laughs> ban me again, so yeah. it'll be interesting to see if at some point they give us some tools where it's like, hey, if somebody does get banned, or if they get banned twice, we can then block them from our channels or different things like that, but it's definitely a step in the right direction without question. Yeah, what I've found to be most helpful for marketers, especially like everyone has their the people that afford you and, and against you, or if you're promoting this product, then it's against another and so forth. What the 24 hour ban I think will be best for marketers is if you see something pop up within a 60 to 90 day span, they always are usually changing how they post something. Mm -hmm. Take that phrase or take that word and put that into your spam filter. So that 24 hours just gives honestly the creator time to go and look through it. And I just usually grab phrases and stuff, throw it into the filter. So it's automatically blocked now. So that 24 hours, I feel like it's more for us to have time to come back and look and get offline versus the scammers and such. Yeah. Yeah. Very smart. So a couple of updates for mobile for YouTube, which is great for people that obviously do a lot from their phones. First, if you do image posts in the feed on YouTube, you can now edit the image posts on iOS. You know, we usually get things second on iPhones, but you can add stickers, filters, add text to images, different things like that. And another one is now with shorts, you can actually choose a thumbnail, and this is only rolled out to Android devices so far. But my understanding is, Diana, you sort of have a workaround for us iPhone users, how we can kind of choose a thumbnail for our shorts. Yeah. So let me go real technical. Very, very quick. 24 frames per second is like 24 individual pictures or images. If in your editing software, you zoom all the way in to one frame, just that one little solid block, you can take a thumbnail, do a customized thumbnail, add that into the video, it's only going to show for that millisecond of a second. But what you can do, because you can select a piece of the frame as the thumbnail for your short, select that as the thumbnail and you'll have a customized thumbnail that you can pick from the video that won't be a huge disruption to the video. If people are looping and watching your video over again, they'll see like a quick flash of something, but not enough to identify it, but it'll let you scan all the way to the front of the timeline in the published video to select the thumbnail that's customized. 
So this doesn't work if you're just recording right into the YouTube app, but if you are editing your video ahead of time, essentially you make your thumbnail, make it the very first frame as short as your video editor tool will allow. And then that mm -hmm. will kind of become the thumbnail because that's where they pull it from anyway. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I like it. That makes sense because over the years I have the worst automatic thumbnails ever because I get expressive <laughs> with my face. And so yeah. <laughs> I always try, it's like, okay, start the video smiling, start the video smiling. So right. <laughs> the pause face. <laughs> yeah. That's a great tip. And then some features that they're testing. I think these are just good to be aware of because we can start to think about how we would use these in our businesses or for our clients. And one of them is a feature, which I'm excited about where they're going to let users search within a video on YouTube. So share a little bit more about what is happening with that. Yeah. So the thing is, most people assume that you would need a transcription first before YouTube knows. YouTube knows exactly what you're saying. They know even down to the images that are on the thumbnail on a text-based format. So those words, what you're saying, they can pull that information. And, and what they're allowing us to do now is to start searching within the video and see, are you talking about the thing that I'm hoping that you're talking about? So for marketers, I would say be careful that, for example, blurry background is what your audience would say in video, but depth of field is what the professional jargon would be. <laughs> so be careful about if you're only using jargon in your information, say some words that your audience would understand, because if they search for that, it doesn't come up in the transcript for that video. They're going to think this video is irrelevant. You're not saying what I need you to talk about. So I'm moving on. That's interesting that you went there that they'll search and go, okay, this video is not for me because my thought was, oh, they're going to be able to get to what they want mm -hmm. faster. But you bring up a great point about making sure to use the right keywords. You will never be able to use all of them. Anyone who's ever done mm -hmm. any keyword research on YouTube with the, all the typos and things that get searched for. But in general, yeah, you could search for those things. I like the idea because sometimes it's, you know, I'll make a longer video, a longer tutorial, and it is a specific thing at the end that somebody's looking for. Mm -hmm. And right now, sometimes I will get a comment that it's like, I thought you were going to talk about this and you didn't. And so I think that would be a, a neat way to do it. And you know, right now it is essentially searching the transcript. But mm -hmm. as we're seeing, I mean, already now, you know, images can be searched and what's on video can be searched. And so eventually for certain things, I'm sure you'll be able to search the word dog or Facebook or different things like that. Mm. And it'll find that even if it's not verbally said. Just the last point here. I think uh, for marketers, use it to your advantage and be smart. If you know that they're looking for something and like you don't plan to talk about it, and you know that they're searching for that. If they put that in, I would probably even add in a line like if you're looking for where we talk more about depth of field, this video isn't actually it. I'd recommend that you click off to this video, put like an information card there mm. so that you can get them to the right video. If you know that they're searching for the wrong thing, you know they're going to find this video first, redirect them to the right place, to the right spot and use those tools inside of YouTube and just like use all of it to your advantage. Yeah, smart. Keep them on your channel. Mm -hmm. So yeah, very, very smart. And then another thing they're testing, you know, live streams are like people either use them, brands use them or they don't. We're obviously streaming on YouTube among other places right now, but they're testing a new feature for engagement on live streams. So what's this going to be? Yeah. So you're able to get some reactions in your live streams. Now, if you have been on Facebook live stream, if you've been on Instagram live stream, seeing the live hearts pop up and seeing the live thumbs up and stuff like that, that's always really rewarding, especially, you know, you're resonating at that moment with something that your audience likes. Like I always like to talk about white chocolate is better than dark chocolate. And so I'll instantly see a bunch of chocolate emojis and whatever. So it's just a great way to engage with the audience. So YouTube is now testing that for live streams. And I think that'll be great because if you say we're talking about three main things on how to do X, 
Well, if you're on point number two, you can say, throw in the chat a thumbs up or do me a fire symbol if you are going to do this versus that and start getting interactions with your audience. So them adding this, I think is smart. Yeah, well, like you said, it can be used for kind of a real-time impromptu poll, but more than that, you can get more engagement on your video, which of course will help it reach more people while you're live. Yep. But if again, later in search and, and more social proof. And then some analytics updates. You know, you and I have talked about this before. I love analytics when somebody else looks at them and then tells me what they say. <laughs> like, I know you like to look at this stuff a lot more, but what are these updates they're giving us for YouTube analytics so we can use these better? For sure. So with YouTube, they're including the likes and they're including subscribers in the mobile app. And so there's the YouTube app and there's a mobile app that'll give you your analytics if you're not familiar. When you go into this YouTube studio app, you now can see when you're doing different posts, how many people had the like. It used to just be impressions only, but now it's with the like and the subscribers. And that in addition to some of the other tools that they've been constantly beefing up the app so that you don't have to go over to desktop is very, very helpful. And one of the things I really like is they're doing like a stories analytic with a human type response like, hey, would you like to know what your best videos were in the last 28 days? What really resonated with your people? And they're yes. aggregating that data to say, here's the videos that attracted new people. Here's the ones not so much. Here's the ones that really got a lot of attention and just congregate that together. So having that with the posts just further makes all of this that much better. So you can keep doing what's resonating and analyze what's not and probably change it. It's nice that they're doing this in that kind of more conversational way and more human and less robotic with the analytics. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I do like that they're adding more of these to mobile too, because it is one of those things where if I'm somewhere and I've got five minutes to kill, then, you know, and it's like, okay, I don't have my computer out, but I can go in and kind of look at this and think about, okay, what are my next videos going to be? Yeah. Which is great. So, well, don't forget to get your ticket for Social Media Marketing World. You can go to socialmediamarketing.world. Diana, other than seeing you at Social Media Marketing World, where can we find out more about you? You can find me, of course, on YouTube at Diana Gladney is my handle and dianagladney.com anywhere else on the interwebs, like just dianagladney.com. <laughs> awesome. And we've got a couple of other podcasts for you to check out as well. The Social Media Marketing Podcast, as well as the Web3 Business Podcast. Find them in your favorite podcasting app. And until next time, may you be wise with your marketing decisions. Thanks, everyone. Bye. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.